Two, one. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. We're doing college talks. This is episode three of the first two episodes were tips and tricks. Uh, and this is more transitioning into the actual practicing as a collegiate athletic trainer. Maybe the first three, six months, first season there, learning your teams, learning the policies, learning the other athletic trainers, the coaches, the admin, uh, student health, insurance, all that fun type of stuff. Uh, if you'd like to just say your name and where you work, if not, we could potentially skip it because you were in the other episodes, but up, up to y'all. It doesn't matter to me. We can just do like a brief introduction. <laughs> um, so my name is Ashley Armbruster. I am currently an assistant athletic trainer at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which is a small uh, division one school in Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm Sal Cervantes, director of sports medicine at University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. And, and Ashley and, and Sal just told me there's a difference between assistant, associate, director, uh, associate, director, and associate, director, sports medicine, athletic director. So all types of fun little collegiate terms. And I know there's interns and uh, fun stuff like that, too. So yeah. let's talk about getting started that first couple months with the team and the, coming to a new place, new high school, university or not high school, college or university different policies, insurance, coaches, all that fun stuff, or however you want to talk about it. It doesn't matter to me. Y'all have the experience. I don't. So I'm a high school <laughs> Hey, A lot of it still carries over though. I think the first like six months of the job is the same pretty much anywhere you go. It's just like the little nuances are different. Um, so I've definitely been on uh, the new side of the job a couple of times. Um, so I would say first thing you need to do, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, if you listen, but one of the big things you need to do is don't be afraid to ask questions. Like you need to ask all the questions that you can about how the policies at your institution work. How does insurance work? How do coaches work? How do like literally like ask as many questions and do not be afraid to ask them because all you're trying to do is set yourself up better. And that way, like you're learning everything on the front end rather than you have an insurance question and it's halfway through season and it's like, ah, I don't know how to deal with this, but then everybody's running around because they're in season and they're doing all this. And it's like, ah, this is something you probably should have learned a couple of months ago. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions and like ask that needs to be asked to your staff, like other colleagues that you're working with needs to be asked to your boss. Um, make sure like one of the first things you should do is sit down with your coaching staff and kind of figure out like, what are you expecting from your athletic trainer? What are you expecting of me? Um, one thing that I like to ask is what are um, difficulties that you've had in the past with athletic trainers? Because that can give you an idea of how they may view athletic trainers and how they handle injuries um, and kind of give you a guide of like, hey, like these are the things to make sure you don't do. Um, and just like be upfront with your expectations. Like, hey, like these are the expectations you have of me. These are the expectations I have of you as a coaching staff. Um, maybe talk about ways that you handle certain types of injuries or how they want to communicate on injuries. Do they want a phone call when someone gets hurt? Do they want a text? Do they like how far before slash after practice do they need to be aware of things? Um, make sure that you become really good friends with your facilities people because they take care of you a lot. Um, and that's one, I think one group that gets overlooked a lot is facilities. Um, so make sure you introduce yourself. Um, it might not happen until like your first game or whatever, but 
introduce yourself. Like they'll help you out with anything. Make sure that you're available to help out with anything that they need. Um, whoever your physician group that you're working with, um, make sure that they're able to put a face to a name uh, rather than hopefully the first time you're not meeting them is like you're showing up at an appointment with an athlete, but sometimes that happens. So just make sure you introduce yourself and that you're able to get on that uh, basis with them along with any other healthcare providers you use, like whether you use PTs or chiropractors or um, nurses at the student health center, anything like that. So that was a lot of me talking. So I'll hand it over to Sal. Oh, that's, that's all you're, you're spot on with all that, you know, and I think one of the important things um, I tell anybody that starts off somewhere new, especially like if we brought in somebody new here on staff, whether it was a experienced AT or somebody who's just getting in the door, like a grad assistant or even an entry level AT, it's, um, you know, get to know your people on campus, you know, uh, you know, like you said, facilities people, you know, or, or anybody that works maintenance or anybody that that comes in the building you know on a consistent basis you know i think sometimes we tend to want to kind of the thought maybe with some people is when you start somewhere new you kind of maybe find your one or two people to latch on to and you never come you never kind of get out of your 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 safe zone or your comfort zone but uh you know it's there's nothing wrong with venturing out meeting other people that are on this the same that work in the same department work on the same side as you work across you know here i say across campus because kind of, you know athletic side and then we have campus side with the administration but go across campus meet your people that work in either like the financial aid office or admin office or hr office you know and and there's nothing wrong with introducing yourself just saying you know just a quick you know this is who i am i'm new here you know, it goes a long way, you know, getting, you know, especially now where we're at with people are just, you know, almost getting back to uh, trying to figure out how to be social again, you know, with, uh, with COVID kind of letting up a little bit, you know, we're able to do things more than what we used to, you know, for the past year or so. So, yeah, it's like almost people are trying to learn how to, how to interact again and, you know, how to, how to say hello with, you know, that kind of thing. So, but that's important. Say hello to people, introduce yourself, um, you know, whether it's it's uh, somebody that you're working alongside, you really haven't talked too much. Uh, if it's the, the AD, the big boss, just say hi, just say hello, introduce yourself. It's important to do that. That way uh, you're building those connections, you're building those networks as you go through your time, those first few weeks that turn into first few months. And before you know it, people are comfortable with you and you're comfortable with them because you started building on that from the first day that you walked into the you know, onto the new campus, onto the new place that you're at. So that's, that's all important. What, would you two mind running through what a typical approximate like daily life and like a day in your life, getting to the school, how that all works? So like I'm at the high school, so I usually get there an hour before school gets out. I can set up, I can get ready for the day. School gets out, I get bombarded with you know, 10, 15, 20 athletes, uh, they have me for 30 minutes and they got to go out to practice. They practice for two, three hours, maybe a game. And then we go home, which is much different or can be much different at the collegiate setting. So could you just take me through like a day in the life approximately in season, out of season, both? Well, I think I'll let Sal go first. Um, Cause I think like with Sal working football, obviously like much larger roster and then with me working soccer, which is a much smaller roster. Um, 
there's a lot of variation in it, but Sal, I'll let you go first on yeah, this. Yeah, and, you know, obviously I think from sport to sport, we all realize that it's a little different, you know. I mean, obviously we're all here to do the same thing, provide for the student athlete and make sure that we're doing our job, making sure we're taking care of them. Uh, but, you know, when you talk about like just, yeah, football, for instance, um, it's interesting because your, your schedule is almost identical to what the football player's schedule is, you know, it's like they, when they show up for, for, for morning meeting, we're in the building, you know, and I guess take you through a typical day, right? So, you know, in season, uh, they may be ready to get on the field at, you know, 7.15 in the morning. Um, that means we're getting in the door about 5.15, 5.30, about two hours before uh, do any pre-practice treatment, do any taping, do any, uh, you know, if there's anybody that had something that they needed to get looked at uh, from the night before or from the day before that we just got to double check and make sure that they're going to be all right uh, that's where we do all that but in the process of that football players are going in and out to their morning meetings with their coaches position coaches position meetings uh, maybe doing some quick morning film that kind of thing so we're all going through our different uh, morning uh, rituals in terms of getting ready for a practice and you hit the field you're out there for your two and a half hours or so you know uh, through through the time of a practice and then after that your typical uh, time frame is going through the rest of your day where you're scheduling out when you can see somebody for treatment or rehab because you're taking care of their injury. But at the same time, all throughout that late morning and afternoon and throughout the day, uh, they're going through their strengths and conditioning workouts, you know, and there's so many guys filtering through just depending on facilities, you know, uh, you know, here we're not as fortunate to have a, a huge weight room where we could house a number of guys at once. So we have about three or four different uh, groups that will come through, they'll go through their lift sessions, they'll go through their conditioning sessions, and then from there, as they filter, either filter out, we'll catch them on the back end, do some treatment, work with them if we need to do any rehabs, um, you know, and, you know, as you're going through the process of your day, though, it's always interesting at the college level, because you might have uh, a doctor's visit, you got to squeeze in there at some point, or you got to run a kid over to go get a a scan, an x-ray, you got to run this kid over because at practice something happens. So they got to run in the doc's office, you know, so it's, it's, it's literally, it's a lot of times I'll tell members of the staff, you know, especially students, when we get students in to start working football, it's like every day is different. It really is. You know I mean? Your interactions are going to be different. Something could pop up out of nowhere. It all of a sudden you got to change gear and say, well, I was going to do treatment from this time to this time, but now I got to run this kid over to the doctor because something happened at practice. And, it's a lot of times where it's, it's adaptability, it's thinking on your feet, and it's a lot of just making sure that, uh, you know, from the time that you get in the door, uh, you have this, this mindset that, uh, you know, you got to be switched on the whole time because you never know when something could all of a sudden change and you got to shift your schedule around or, or make some maneuvers and, and tell people that, hey, I know I was going to meet you with th at this time, but now we got to kind of change gears and, and, and I'll have to change it, change your appointment time or something like that, so. Yeah, I would say um, for my schedule, um, so my team is unique in that we practice in the evening. Like we practice at 7 p.m., which has its pros and cons. I think it's more cons than anything because it ruins your personal life because um, I'm also a morning person. So um, for me, like I typically get into work around like eight, nine o'clock ish um, because of the way like that 
with collegiate student athletes, like all of them have class at different times. So then for me, like I usually block out probably about four hours in my day for treatments because number one, I see a lot of kids, like I do a lot of preventative stuff, um, doing a lot of prehabs. Also it's soccer, high injury rate. So I'm doing a lot of rehabs and treatments as well. And it's, I have to fit in like, oh, this person like has class at 10 and then at 12. So like they can only come in at 11 for 45 minutes. So it's like playing puzzle pieces, trying to put them together. So I'll come in at like nine o'clock, um, go ahead, like write all my rehabs today, kind of write out what I want treatments to do. And then they lift at 10. So then I also make sure that um, the strength coach is up to date on like anything, any injuries or like things that we need to modify. And then they'll start coming in around 11. So we do like, depending on where they have weights or not, I usually start around 10, 11, go till about two o'clock. Cause that's also when track and field starts coming in and cause we share a facility and it's super small. Um, do treatments and rehabs up until then. Then I spend about two hours doing um, treatment notes, like documenting all the treatments, putting the notes in, um, updating coaches on anything that they need to know in order to plan practice for that night. And then I'll be able to like take an hour or two off, depending on how much time it is to like go get dinner, like kind of sit down, relax. Like a lot of the times I just stay at the office and like watch Netflix. Cause it's like, I have an hour and a half. I'm not driving 20 minutes home to be there for 40 minutes just to drive back. Um, and then for us, like doing it right now, it's doing like the pre, like the COVID wellness screenings, like taking all the temperatures and everything, doing the pre-practice treatments. Um, practice is about like an hour and a half. And then because we're so late, like the only thing we do post-practice is like ice bags to go. Or if somebody gets hurt, then I'll be evaluating them. And most of the time that's just like, okay, let's grab some ice. Like let's plan a time to come into the morning, but Sal's right. Like a lot of the times it's like, because I started around 10, I try and get doctor's appointments in before then, but then it's like, ah, the only appointment they had was 12 o'clock. So, okay, now I'm going to contact all these kids and move their treatments earlier and like kind of maneuver everything around. So um, it basically like our schedule is always at the mercy of everybody else's. Like we have to plan our schedule around when the coaches decide practice and weights and things are going to be, And then it's based on how many kids you have to see. Like for me, I don't do a lot of treatments at the same time. Like my limit is about three people because I like to do a lot of manual therapy. I like to really give each kid individual time. So that limits, I can only see about three, maybe four people. If those are like people who know what they're doing, like they are on their regular prehab stuff, Um, which I know stretches out my day more, but that's just the way that I kind of function and, Now, also, if I was working football, I know I wouldn't be able to do that because of just the volume of kids that you have and the volume of injuries that you have. Um, And it does get a little crowded when we hit that point in season where it seems like everybody's hurt. Um, And then like you're also like for us, like we're taking like some of that documentation time is we're paying for bills like we're calling trying to get bills from doctor's offices or trying to pay those or oh, trying to get this doctor's office to send over this note or just like constantly. And then there's always things that bombard you like academics needs, like if someone gets a concussion, okay, now I have to write five different emails to these professors and to this academic person, especially with COVID. Um, I know for us, we weren't allowed to send emails that someone tested positive. We had to make phone calls. So then it was like, oh, someone tests positive. Well, now here's six phone calls I have to make. So I know that's probably going to take up an hour because nobody's available when you call them the first time. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it's constant adaptability. Like Sal said, like every day looks different. And 
all it takes is two seconds to throw a wrench in what your day was going to be. And as long as you're adaptable and as long as you're communicating with who you need to communicate with, like don't have to leave and then have all your kids show up and be like, Oh, I thought you were here for treatment. Like try and be on top and make sure that like you're taking care of all that communicate with your coaches, what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, just curious uh, for your institutions, do they have to sign up for a rehab time or is it kind of just say, I'm usually here between X and X. If you want to come in and we're available, we'll take care of you. Or is it like, Hey, you need to sign up. And that goes to like your cell phone or something. And you're like, I got an 1130 rehab or, or no. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think COVID has really taught us more on how to do things on a uh, appointment based schedule, you know, mm-hmm. You know, before then, I think probably there was a mix on my staff. Some people really liked to operate their own rehab and treatment schedules based off of like almost an appointment time uh, deal where they were, you know, I'm going to schedule my athlete at this time and the next one's going to come in at this time. Uh, Others would just, you know, uh, you know, open up their times, time blocks. I'm here for the next two or three hours. Whoever wants to come see me, come see me. I think the change that we saw with COVID, having to control the space, and, and social distancing in our athletic training rooms and still make sure that we were taking care of our athletes. We moved as a whole to a, a, a bookings uh, system where the athlete would go online. They, they'd pick a specific time that we had available. So that window of time, we'd get a notification via email and through our phone. So, okay, this athlete scheduled me, you know, scheduled time with me tomorrow at this time. So now I know I have that, that specific time block booked. Um, you know, and we were able to, to kind of move parameters to where they could only schedule, they couldn't, they can't schedule 30 minutes before they want to see us, right? There's certain, you know, it's like an hour or two at least before they're able to really get in and see us. That way we have that notification time prior to prepare to know who wants to see us, that kind of thing. You know, so going forward, I've talked with my staff, you know, especially as things are getting better, we're opening up a little bit more across the board, you know, in terms of the institution and the university here. Uh, a lot of my staff wants to keep the bookings system. They liked that they were able to control a little bit more the, the, the setting. Uh, we weren't getting bombarded with athletes just on top of each other. And it allows you to focus in on certain individuals and give you, and, and allows us to give them that time that we feel that they need so we can help them a little bit more than what we maybe were able to before. So it seems like the transition that we had to go through through COVID was a learning lesson for some people just in terms of, hey, we can control this in a setting like ours, you know, almost like a hybrid clinic type setting where it's like, you know, we have this ability to really have our athletes see when we're available and that's when they can find time to sit with us and, and, and get in with us and get treatment, you know? So it's been really interesting. That, that, that aspect of it has been interesting for me to see where the staff now is really pushing to like, hey, let's keep this system in place. Let's see if we can keep it going. That way we have a little bit more control over how our how the, 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 the crowd of our athletic training room is and how we can control that. Yeah, I would say we're kind of the same. We don't have like a specific, like a system, specific system like they do. Like they do. But for us, it's pretty much like individually based. So like all of my girls, their responsibility is they, I pretty much like have I kind of say like, hey, I'm usually here from 11 to three, but like, if that doesn't work out in your schedule, let me know beforehand. And I'll like, if you have class from 11 to three, but you need to see me, like we'll figure out another time. Um, I try to be a lot more flexible and not just be like, I'm only here from this time to this time. If you're not here too bad. Um, 
but like I make my kids text me because that way I at least have like the written confirmation because I'm also very forgetful and they'll all flood in after practice and be like, Hey, can I come at 11? Can I come at 12? And I like forget who's coming in. So, um, and I know like for us in our facility, so we have a pretty small facility and it's soccer, beach volleyball and track and field. So our limit, cause we are down to like this 50% capacity or whatever it was. So we set our limit at five, we could have five people in there at a time. So we actually set up a Google calendar. So that way, and every sport was a different color. So that way you could like count like, oh shoot, there's already four people at this time. Okay, let's move you to another time, figure that out. Um, I know at our other facility, they limited it to 10. So then what they did is it was um, based on kind of like who was in season, who got like the most appointment times like per hour. So then it was like at any given hour, like if it was the spring, it'd be like, okay, out of those 10 people, like four can be baseball, three can be softball, one can be tennis, one can be volleyball, like whatever their numbers were that they figured out. Um, And that's one thing I would agree. Like we talked, like Sal said, and like, we want to stick with the appointments because it just makes things a lot easier rather than, especially for track, it used to be 20 kids all flooding in 20 minutes before practice, all expecting these things. And it's like, no, like we can't, like, you can't get adequate care like that or kids thinking that that's the only thing they need if they have a serious injury. It's like, no, come in during a time, like we'll be able to be much more effective treating you if you're able to come in a specific time, sit down with you, have the individual attention. Um, And I think everybody pretty much is moving that way. So we all realize how great the appointment, I kind of worked on the appointment base before, um, but I think everybody's realizing how much more just efficient it made everything. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think my high schoolers would cry if I was like, "Yeah, we're doing appointments." And you, and you guys mentioned text messages, and I I didn't even think about text messages because I work with a bunch of high schoolers, and it's like we I was thinking like some type of app on your phone that was like that went to something else, so people weren't like, "Oh, why are you talking to sixteen year olds?" But you're all treating mostly adults. We are trading adults. Yeah, so. And that's like the hard thing is also like in the collegiate setting for the most part, like you're on call 24 seven. So like if no. the kids go into the ER at 2 AM, like they need to call me. And I've had kids mm-hmm. call me that like, I've had kids call me at 3 AM before because they're super sick and they're throwing up and they're like, Dude, cause then it's also like, we're the team, like mom slash dad. So it's like, Oh, what do I do about this? And we're the ones that kind of decide like, Hey, this sounds like you need to go to the ER or maybe like take this medication and see if it helps or like, um, so I think that's, I know that I've seen talk on Twitter about, um, especially like in the high school, like I understand not giving out like personal cell phones at the high school, but I feel like at the college level, it's just so much harder (laughs) because we have to have that constant communication with them. So then it's easier. Like here's my cell phone number, call me if you need anything or, and that's when you also set the boundaries. Like, don't text me between this time and this time, unless it's a number, like if you are dying, then you can call me, but don't call me because like, oh, can I set up treatment time? No, it's midnight, go to bed. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, they'll they'll text at all hours of the night with the most random questions and it could, it could have waited, but you know, (laughs) but sometimes, yeah, it is two or three in the morning. I'm not feeling well. I think I might have to go to the clinics. Okay. Let's, let's see what we got to do for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's spot on. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I appreciate both of you taking time out of your Friday afternoon to talk uh, kind of like a day in the life of the collegiate athletic trainer episode. 
Uh, so it went longer than 10 to 12 minutes, but it was just, I think it's such great content. It was just, it's awesome. So thank you very much. Have a great weekend or try to have a great weekend. Uh, it is June. I don't know how busy y'all are in June. It's, it's a lot lighter in the high schools out here than it was a month or two ago. My girls are gone right now and I'm, I'm a 10 month employee. I have June, July off. So soccer, soccer is great for, for collegiate, you know, the summer's collegiate soccer is all right. It's not too bad. Yeah. It's all yeah. right. Are, are you a busy man in June, Sal? Uh, you know, uh, with, with, with my, yes, uh, being the, overseeing the department, there's always something that I need to make sure that I'm uh, preparing for or getting ready for. But, uh, you know, I think at the collegiate level, the summer, uh, you got your football and your basketballs, they don't really stop. You know, they're, they're doing their, their strengths and conditioning summer workouts now. So uh, you got your football and your basketball ATs that are, that are in, in here, you know, early and maybe staying not as late as they normally would during a season, but they're still here to about mid afternoon, you know, working with their, their athletes. So uh, there's, there's some parts of the job that can keep you busy during the summer. So we make sure that, it's all about work-life balance. There's times during the year where you kind of get the downtime. You just got to make sure you take advantage of it. Well, take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time today. And I look forward to future episodes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Tom.